0: I'm Leah Wetzel, and I have a very special guest with me today. I had the honor of meeting this guest within our Montana's Peer Networks contract to support the 13 state funded drop-in centers, and he's been doing some amazing work down there, and I'm just really excited to have him on here today. Uh, G. G Little Eagle, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, my name is... Goldstein Little Eagle. They call me G for short. I'm a uh, recovery coach for One Health, and um, that's based in Hardin. Or my home office is based at the Drop-in Center Peer Support Drop-in Center in Hardin, Montana. But I live in Billings, and I do work around Billings area. I am recently certified behavior health peer support specialist, and I am in recovery. For seven years seven and a half years yeah i, d- I like to do a lot of work around, around around here where i spent a lot of years in my own self-destruction which was billings and um i do i go down to hardin i do a talking circle in hardin and talking circle in billings i do a couple of phoenix gym activities events boot camp and a walk run and, and i also do a grief support group on zoom and um, any, other, any other things that I'm asked for or needed, any other areas, I am always down for to help and do whatever I can to, to be a part with helping, because that's all part of my recovery, is reaching out and helping. And that helps me too. So,
0: And I really noticed that about you. You're engaged and you're... And you're working within a lot of different avenues and areas within recovery and mental health. I'll be in one meeting, and they'll bring up your name. I know Perry Todd's been really excited to be doing work with you, and you know some of those other uh, Western Service Area Authority folks. And so it's it's great to have you know another relative out there doing this type of work. I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, I know you've really got your own folks engaged on there. Um, I see Rowanna, you know, posting uh, picture pics of her working out and, you know, you've, you've got a lot of them engaged and, and living in a healthier way. So um, props to you for all of that. And so tell us a little bit about how you, how did you end up getting in recovery? Tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Okay. I grew up in Lincoln, Montana, Northern Cheyenne. Yeah. I had, um, my first, first drink of alcohol when I was 13 and through high school, you know, it's, it it went through weed and crank at the time. Meth was later, later in the later years, but I went to my first inpatient treatment center when I was 15 years old. That was like a 45 day treatment. And I went again when I was 17 for 30 days. In those days, I I was really not ready or not not understanding of you know what recovery is or what exactly I am with addictions, and I just knew that that I was I was in something that it felt like I wasn't going to stop for, for me. But I, I did a lot of DJing in my teen, uh, my teen years, high school years. And, and like when I got, you know, miraculously, I graduated high school. <laughs> I had to go back a second year because my senior year was just nothing. was just all F's, and I dropped out and everything. But, um, I, I went back a second year and graduated high school, but through my adult, early adulthood, the kids I had, had children, my first, my first family. And things just got busy with, uh, just the life, you know, I had to quit the the DJing thing and, um, you know, jail, I I went, I was was in jail, like a lot of my juvenile years, a lot of, a lot of my juvenile years was in jail, just on the rest, but in adulthood, you know, I, I was still going to jail. I was starting to start to be into going into hospitals and my children. You know, I, I I tried sobering up for a little bit after my daughter was born. And that that didn't last as long as, you know, I, I thought I was quitting for good with everything, but I tried everything on my own then. I just stayed busy with work and school. I was going to school here in Billings, family life. I was just balancing all that, trying to make that the way of how, how I'm gonna be sober. But um, eventually, you know. Different factors and uh, boredom and um, yeah, everything around me Uh, with my baby's mom uh, at the time. Yeah, we just dove right back into where we're at in our when we first met, and that meant sober home at the time. Back to beer cans and bottles and cigarette ashes all over the table and weed all over the table and meth, smoke in the house and everything just went worse than it was before. So, you know, that that union eventually came to an end and things just got worse for me down the road. I, I, met, I, met, I met someone too that was, I felt, was like a partner to me with that level of addiction. <laughs> like no one wanted to be with me, how my level was and it seemed like we found each other because we're, we're both in that on that level of how much we, we do we just keep going and going and going we won't stop so but within within that time um, we had we had uh, babies eventually um, after some years we have, i had my little girl she's she's 10 now and uh, we had two boys that I followed i tried to i tried to sober up again in, in between time i you know i I went to outpatient treatment again for going to jail and court ordered assessments and all that. I went to a couple of outpatient treatments. And, but within that, within that time, I did try to sober up again, just by, you know, I have a baby and I was like, you know, time to get, get, uh, get my life, you know, back in order. And I went dry again, just staying busy. Uh, I was actually, actually working for a bit there. But before our little girl was born, you know, we were, we were on the streets in buildings, And before we, you know, tried to, get, to settle back into me trying out employment again. And um, when she was born, yeah, I quit for a while, but she didn't. She went, went, went back into, um, you know, into things pretty heavily. So I eventually, you know, gave up and I started back in again. And just hitting the streets pretty hard, um, losing everything, um, like for the hundredth time in my life. Losing everything all over again, you know, family, cars, clothes, you know, there was a point I was walking downtown without, without just trucks on, you know, but sleeping on the streets, sleeping in the parks, sleeping in cars, either that or motel, motel jumping, just jumping from motel to motel, getting kicked out of hotels, getting a really bad name for ourselves on you know, different hotels and stuff. And yeah, my, we had, we had two more sons and, um, by the time our second son was born, um, we had our babies taken away. CPS had them, and I don't know, you know, exactly where they were. So that kind of woke me up for a little bit there. But I did the assessment and did more outpatient treatment, as well as their mom. It was yeah, it was it was there for a while, and I actually sobered up for a, a year. We even made it to a one year sobriety uh, birthday. I was doing the meeting. I was doing AA meetings in Langier because we were back on the res. I was back on the res, and. Yeah, I fell off hard, uh, relapsed just not too long after one year sobriety birthday cake and, and all, you know. <laughs> and it was that was the hardest, hardest ever, because I was just on the streets of Billings um with just nothing. I had nothing. In the in the midst of that, we had one more son that was born and because the mom went to Minnesota, back to Minnesota. So um, yeah, when he was born, I was at actually at South Park and uh, getting the text message from the the mother-in-law a picture of my baby boy (laughs) and that was like July 1st 2014 so he's uh seven now but I sobered up on August 4th 2014 I was at the crisis center and um I had to make a phone call they they counseled me and asked me what I wanted to do with my life and I said I wanted to get back to my family and sober up get my family back together and um I knew my my bros were out there and people, I was with was out there waiting for me somewhere with a bottle and they made me, they made me make a phone call and with that, that phone call was, who do you want to call? And I said, uh well, I said, my sister who works in Namir, and um, I was just going to fake call someone <laughs> and um, act like I was talking to somebody, but they already know that trick, you know, they know all the tricks, you know, so they, they asked, asked the number and he dialed it for me and gave me the phone. And sat there and listened to me, you know, making sure I was actually talking to somebody. So I asked her to come get me because everyone lost me, you know. I was always, I disappear. When I disappear, no one can find me, you know. And she was happy to hear my voice and said, Yeah, I'll come get you. And I said, North Park at this time. And she said, Yeah, okay, I'll be there. So, but I, I went to, they let me out after that, out of that crisis center. And um, just like I thought, just like the counselor there thought, he said, You're going to have. You can have your friends waiting for you out there to go back into what you're, what you've been doing every day, you know. And of course, he was right because they, 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 they see what they, they see. They, they see things every day, and they, they know what's, they know what's up. <laughs> that was that. It was waiting. He was waiting for me, you know. I, I, I hustled something for for a bottle, and they these two had it, and they said, "Let's go to the park." I had two bros. They're both first cousins of mine on both sides of my family. I couldn't take that drink that day because I was so sick. One of those um, days I was so sick, I couldn't even get nothing toward my mouth. Couldn't get that bottle to my mouth because I, I, like I almost tried to even throw up. So I couldn't even do that day. I couldn't even drink water, you know, throw up water, let alone food, you know, and I'd be eating food for days and I couldn't eat food. But I, my sister actually came and asked my brothers, hey, I'm actually going home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm leaving. <laughs> And they are like, yeah, are you? And I said, yeah, for real, I am, I'm going to go. You guys want to come? You guys want to ride back somewhere, you know, like the Riz or something? And they said, no, one was already passed out and one was, yeah, you, you want to go, so. But, you know, the, the sad thing is that i, I all spoke those brothers now to addiction. That I think about that day a lot when 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 I asked them if they want to come, you know, and they, they both said, you know, they couldn't. And um, all I could do was just take care of myself, pray for everybody you know one one brother passed the cirrhosis of the liver a few years after that and another one too with overdose with mixed with mixed mix drugs and I, I got back home and um, i had a month of not being right with my body my mind and withdrawals and uh like physically my body wasn't all right either you know i had liver I uh, have fatty liver disease, and I, I had that since probably like probably like five or six years before I even quit. And um, that just only scared me just just for a little bit at that. When I remember when I first heard that news from the doctor, when they did the sound, what do you call that?
0: Ultrasound.
1: Ultrasound, yeah. And so we have fatty liver disease, and so we have to drink again. Don't have, don't take Tylenol again. Don't take Motrin again. That only scared me for maybe like two and a half months. And I just went right back into what I was doing with everything. And yeah, I felt my, my liver was tight. And of course my enzymes were up, and blood work when I had to go to the, um, ER after I sobered up to get, you know, hydration and what we call that, banana back hydration and things I've done before, calm me downs and all that, help me sleep, but I went to my sacred mountain in Bearview that month. Cause my son, my nephew was fasting over there and that's in South Dakota cheyennes go there to to, to pray to fast to offer down it was there where i surrendered to creator that i wanted his his, his guidance and his help because that, that was that was actually the, the true day although i've said it before when i the multiple times i tried to sober up that you know that i'm that i'm, that I'm surrendering and asking for help and not trying to do it by myself and that, that was the day i actually did you know i did spend everything over and i was Probably three or four weeks sober by then, still cold turkey and getting through, getting ready, getting through every day, and that was a good relief of releasing that and having um Mario take the wheel, just go from there. I, I knew there was things out there back home on the res. Uh, I knew there's AA meetings, there's NA meetings, there was a couple there. I knew I wanted to get back and, and try that again. So I did. I I went back to an AA meeting, it was right near my block. My babies got back with me from Minnesota. I got to see my baby boy the first time. He was over about a month old or so. And I I tried the AA meetings back in there. I got welcomed back by the guy that used to run it, he used to chair that one all the time. And uh, eventually he had me chair because I knew he was starting to step back. He, he was doing it for years. And he was like passing it along to somebody. And um, he asked me to chair once. I tried it out and and then he just kind of slowly stopped coming and he knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew what he was doing exactly and that was exactly that was to get me to chair and keep going with my, my own recovery. In the meantime, I had different I heard of the talking talking circle in and, in um, and Billings. And I attended um, that and a speaker meeting, and then I started my own speaker meetings at Lame Deer, and those got pretty big. Once a month on Fridays, I would I I'd punch out flyers all over social media and all over town, and I'd ask for, Am I asked for I mean I find a good speaker, and that was that one that went on for about a year and a half before the pandemic hit, that that shut down all the gatherings for speakers or yeah, any gatherings. Large gatherings, but that was so awesome because I, you know, I never, I never found, I didn't have to use the same speaker twice. That was the cool thing about it. That we were proud of as a community because I always found someone new every single month to come and tell their story and share with us. And I and I fed big. You know, we put on, we put in our, our own money. You know, we're all we're all self-supportive to buy all the food. So that was the big thing of how I advertised actually, <laughs> was come eat, come, come eat some food and listen to a story. So that went on until the pandemic hit. And then I knew I needed to help myself and helping my you know meetings was self-help and um, Zoom was very unheard of at the time. I knew one person that, that did do Zooms because she told me about it that she does it with work. So I was like, man, I think that's uh, the answer. I reached out to her like the week of, the week of that they shut down everything for, for COVID and she showed me how to do it and I just got it going. And yeah, then I had Zoom AA meetings for, for a while there, every Monday and Friday, because I, I did a Monday and Friday meeting. And when the COVID hit in 2020, that, of course, there was a lot of loss in my community. A lot of a lot of our lost a lot of our elders and you know even classmates, people my age. But the I lost my father to COVID complications and uh he passed in 9-11, 2020. And uh man, I knew I was glad I was in recovery six years almost. Yeah, about six years. But b- before that time, all this running was also a big part of my recovery. Because after I found, also found the talking circles and these speaker meetings, I, w- I went back in ceremony into a Sundance mm-hmm. uh, for four years in a row. And after my first ceremony, and I was, I was having problems with the, the family life and uh, just, my, just just hanging on to my, my recovery journey, my sobriety and still an early recovery for myself as how, how I looked at it. I was still in early recovery. It was a couple years. Couple years. It's um, sober by then. But I went to the hills, out in the hills on on the Resilam gear, and I took prayer cloths up, and just something just just told me to go to the hills and go pray. So I was praying about everything. I was praying for my children and um, myself because I need I needed healing too. I was struggling with i my with my sobriety because you know the 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 parent the other parent was still using, and struggling with her her life and her road and her journey. But I prayed uh at a tree and then from there God told me to run. Uh Mahia, you know, creator, he told me to run. And like for the one of the first times in my life I listened. <laughs> I listened uh okay okay, you know, as my mind, I was like, hey, this is crazy, but okay, I'm not a runner. I never ran um all my life, you know, I I didn't do track in high school or anything like that, you know hated that one mile in pe you know i was one of those runners you know All i could think about was a cigarette after that you know <laughs> yeah give me a cigarette but i ran a half a mile that day i was after that i was thinking every weekend i'm gonna come up here and run pray and then run on a weekend i'm gonna do this and eventually i got to one mile from there i, yeah, I just kept running through the uh Throughout the weeks so and I' added throughout the week sometimes to so eventually got up to three miles and so forth and then the following year I ran my first 10k in 2017 in Billings here and then I ran my first half marathon and then every year I, I was just building more the next year I ran my first full marathon and then the next year I ran my first ultra marathon a third miter you know and the next year I ran my first 50 miter um and that was in 2020. And then that's when uh, the COVID hit and uh, my, my pops passed. And w- between that time, I started a running and walking group in Lame Deer, you know, I call it a Run DNC, and that stands for Run Defending Native Culture. And I uh, was just bringing people together to, to, to pray. I put it on Facebook events, I, I, put, it, I put flyers all over town, uh, just for the whole community, just come out and pray, circle up, start out the prayer first, and we take turns praying and then walk or run so we'd run the runners would run like three miles out and back on a path the walkers would walk maybe a mile or a half and that got pretty big the group got pretty big it was pretty good for our community and because the, the thing that i was thinking about with my prayers and after ceremony was what am i going to do now because i may i to me you know i may disavow to help people for the rest of my life and serve people for the rest of my life do this journey sober for the rest of my life. And that was part of ceremony for me. And I was thinking, how am I gonna like help people by just sitting here and praying? I I know I got into running by then and I'm running and I'm praying. I pray when I run, but how, how am I gonna help people? And the meetings were going good. The speaker meetings were going good. That's helping people in a way there too as well. With my community but that's when i started to run dnc because i knew that there was something else in our in our lives that we needed besides just coming to a meeting you know or going to church or going to a ceremony going to sweat every now and then you know that's all helpful that's prayerful but i knew there was something missing and what, how i found running oh man it's just everything was that was my self-help that was my self-care that was my prayers yeah it, it helped a lot so that's how i got this just running a walking group run dnc going and I, not just my community but i put it out for you know just anybody in the in the u.s or <laughs> not just the u.s but anywhere across turtle island to on facebook you know with the run dnc facebook page this encouragement and everybody, you know, we do a hundred mile challenge or a 25 mile challenge a month, and um, that's how I want to help people too. This physical, physical activity, um, get healthy because the enemy is diabetes as well. You know, the enemy is addiction. You know, we have a lot of enemies out there in this in the present day. You know, you know, back in the old days it was we had different enemies. You know, now it's the big ones it is. Really is addiction and abuse, family abuse, and um, diabetes is a big one as well. Cancer, yeah. There's just a lot of things out there. But I got that. I'm so so proud of that. That is going for the people. And when my father passed, I knew that he was in his journey with me. He was proud of what I was doing and everything. And when I hit that point, I I knew what to do. I, I you know I went for a run. I, went, I prayed. And I was like, with our whole tribe shut down on the res and everywhere, and I knew our behavioral health system down there wasn't gonna do anything about all the deaths that were suddenly happening. So I just knew I had to do a grief support group on Zoom for loss of COVID, loss of family member to COVID, and so I did that like the week after my father passed, probably about a week and a half after, because I knew people were hurting, they're grieving, they don't know what to do, they can't seek help, they can't even go down to the clinic, behavioral health, not even up to, to Billings or to anywhere else, because everyone else was clueless of what to do too, you know, they they shut down all their support and the, the telehealth wasn't big then yet, because that was, it was just a big confusion at the time. And so I knew I had to step up and get something going for the people, you know, and of course for myself, to help myself. So I started the grief support on Zoom. And I still do that today. I do it every other Thursdays on Zoom. And, uh, and getting to, you know, I moved back to, I moved back to Billings because I always wanted to help in Billings because this is where most of my self-destruction life was at on these streets um you know my older kids grew up here a little bit and now my younger children are grown up you know i'm my, my single father i got my three uh, elementary kids with me and um yeah everything just coming into with my prayers and you know how i just want to help people out there with with um, their addictions not only not only addictions but their own self-care to you know their behavior I mean you know the mental and spiritual health with uh and also physical activity I believe you know walking and running is, is one of them you know and there's there's many things you know there's there's just you know weightlifting hitting the gym and different ways to to get your get your body moving and get your endorphins up and everything that that helps that really does help so yeah, I, I was working at one, I got a job at One Health in 2019, and that was, that was actually under IT. And I worked in the IT department for two years, and um, this new position popped up for recovery coach, which is a peer support specialist position. And yeah, of course I was interested because just, you know, just loving the work that I do outside outside my hours for you know, all these years since I, on my recovery journey on the Red Road, I, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's the job I'm, 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 I'm doing, and I'd love to be just doing that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I took the job, you know, yeah, I just, this, I just love the community here, I mean, the, the talking circles, we have, we have three downtown, um, I mean, uh, three week right now, you know, I, I run the Tuesday one, downtown buildings there, Buildings First Church, Phoenix Gym class, I do a, a walk and run on Wednesdays at noon. That's so up by Shiloh, uh, Shiloh Road across from Shields. And I do a do a boot camp class in Harden at gym on Mondays. And also I do a talking circle down there on Mondays as well. So, but I just I fit in wherever, wherever I can with, with um, you know if we need a, another boot camp class or anything like that in um, Billings here or yeah, anywhere. <laughs> Or talking circles. Everything's just, just on this this journey is I believe I'm living the way Creator asked me to live or wants me to live. And me surrendering over my life and making a vow and just just um wanting to be sober too, as well, for the rest of my life and do my own self-help. You know, I go to I go to a therapist every other week. I see a therapist for about a year now, and that is helpful as well. And I, I share that with everybody too, because it's, it shouldn't be a shameful thing, you know, to, to, to say, hey, man, I've got a therapist. And he's, you know, he's pretty cool. <laughs> I actually found a really good one because he was in, he's he got his own stories and in, he's in recovery. He went to, he went to prison and um, he got out, went to school and he got his LHC and he wanted more. So he got his all oh, CSW, because he wanted to do counseling as a therapist you know, instead of just being an LAC, and so I really, really connected with his journey, and I thought, man, this is the perfect therapist for me, I'm glad I found this guy, you know, so yeah, that's, that's what I do every couple weeks too with him, you know, and I push that out there, I mean, I I share that with with others, you know, especially men, you know, getting men to be, to get them to help themselves by, you know, sharing, it's okay to cry, and be vulnerable, and, you know, all the good things that we weren't growing up learning as Native American men, especially, you know.
0: Definitely. Wow, you just, you have an amazing story. And I just wanna commend you for, you know, all the work that you've done within not only yourself, but for your community. And just being able to acknowledge all those different pieces that needs to take place to keep you healthy and sharing that with others. I want to get your information about your group so when I go to post this on social media, people in your area can find you and then people all over can find you on your Run and c group as well as your grief group on Zoom. So I, I really thank you for coming on here today. I just listening, you well, you've heard my story and to listen to a man be as open and honest and as you are, it's it's hopeful, you know. And to have, I always commend, you know. I work with veterans within the veteran court. am our men in there, our native men, you know, that are single fathers and that are stepping up and being community leaders. And so you're definitely, you know, honoring your father, your cousins, you know. And my condolences for for them as well. You also have. A pretty
1: amazing conference coming up here. Yeah. So we have a sobriety conference in Billings here, and that's um, Memorial Day weekend. So Friday, the 27th, May 27th, 29th, and 30th. Wait, 27th, 28th, 29th. There you go. Let's get the day. <laughs> Friday through Sunday. So Friday evening, holiday Saturday, and Sunday, about half a day. And that's at the Billings First Church downtown on North 27th. North and yeah, it, it's called Carrying the Message um, Sobriety Conference. And we're going to have a lot of uh, speakers. We're going to have about eight speakers, maybe more, you know. But right now we have eight speakers, uh, a couple are local here. We got some coming from South Dakota and uh, Idaho and Washington just coming coming over to share their story you know men and women and we're going to have meetings on men's men's meetings and women's meetings likely a codependency meeting coda food um the food is on the food is free we're gonna have supper breakfast breakfast lunch and dinner uh with the saturday evening rush we're gonna have a mini powwow you know after this after the section of speakers and meetings and um, yeah, Sunday morning, we're gonna have a spiritual breakfast. We're gonna have a sobriety countdown. We're gonna count all our years of sobriety that we have in the in our whole building and the whole conference. Cause we're having people that sign in with the form. They can pre-sign in or pre-send the form in or they can sign in when they get there as well. But you, there, there's a little questioner to ask how many years of sobriety that you have. So we're gonna be counting all that up and having a, having a um, sobriety countdown and add all our years together and see what that comes up to. And we we'll also having shirts, one yeah, of the others shirts that says carrying the message. So those will be there too. And um, traditional meal Saturday evening, we're gonna we have a Buffalo feed and have some good food for, for the Saturday supper. And yeah, it's free and, it's, and the meals are there. The speakers are gonna be amazing to hear, come hear stories, their stories, their journeys, and, there's a meeting for everybody, you know? Men's meeting, women's meeting, codependency meeting. So yeah, everything's gonna be there. In one, one good sacred circle, one good group for the weekend, you know? That's awesome. And there's flyers I've been sending out and forms. I've been just emailing them out and sharing them on my Facebook. My Facebook is G Little Um, That's how I find my name, because I'll um, just message me there and I can send or email out your um, those forms for that or anything, or anything about my groups, support groups, um, and walks and runs and Phoenix Jam events, as well as my grief support Zoom. And my number is 406-647-2884. And um, also my email, you can, uh, you can reach me, Pretty immediately with uh, G Little Eagle and Gmail, I've been down pretty fast. So either one, either one of those three, three things to communicate with me. I'll reach back out to anyone.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of the quickest to respond to things. <laughs> <laughs> and I too, I have, and I'll post it again about uh, G's conference. On my Facebook and then Red Road Support, and all the information that you gave, I want to be able to get that from you so I can attach it. If not a link, um, attach the information when I do your acknowledgement too. Okay,
1: awesome.
0: Yes, and thank you again. And the work that you're doing is is amazing. And I plan on coming down to Billings. Yeah, I'll grab some more people and make it a make it a trip, so.
1: Yeah, I forgot to mention the uh, Friday lunch feed we've been doing at South Park. It's every Friday at noon, and I have a flyer uh, for that too. It's with, with, it's with partnership and it's actually, um, it's all donation-based and volunteer-based, everything, but it's for anybody to come and eat and come visit and just come hang out. It's um, actually if anybody that needs to do event or yeah, event hours. You know that some some people coordinators have been allowing that as an event to that they You know attending event has volunteer work and stuff like that, so they can come volunteer and help serve and all that good stuff. But it's it's been good. It's been a month now. It's been doing this. and i plan to do it all rest of the summer and just praying about it. You know, um, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, and you know, things are all the good things just keep coming, you know, for for this to keep happening, you know. And uh people are coming to eat and coming to visit and we're praying too and everything, you know. Um everything's everything's good. And that's called food for the soul, lunch, free lunch at South Park Avenue.
0: And that's, I mean, I'll say firsthand, you know, it come from we come from similar lives, and I know that. South Park is definitely a great spot to be trying to get folks engaged and everybody loves to eat. So a good way to bring them in. Yes. Well, thank you again, G. Um, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate all that you're doing and we'll definitely have to get you back on here again with everything that you're involved in. Um, keep the word going. So if there's anything that we can do, and if there's anything um, our listeners, if you are interested, and in anything that G's got going on, or anything that we've talked about today, please reach out. And um, if you have any thoughts or ideas, let us know. And until next week, um, have a good week. Thanks.